Okay, hello folks, and welcome back to another episode of Grit and Glitter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the power of women's wrestling. My name is Harley Vasquez. I'm M. Fear. This week on the show, it is, t- oh, it's late October, you know what that means. That means it is time, once again, for the PWI women's list. The female, fi- no, it's not the female 50 anymore. It has been the female 50 in a while. <laughs> it's not even... The women's 100 anymore. It's not even the women's 150 anymore. And you're th- I know what you're thinking. What? What do you mean? They just did. They just moved to 150 like two years ago. And it's already yeah, but... the women's 250. And that's correct. You would be correct. That is sir. correct. Yeah. It's uh, it's grown and grown and grown. Hey, it turns out there's like a lot of women wrestlers worth knowing about. And uh, so yeah, PWI was wise to like to kind of point that out and be like, hey, maybe we should like, you know, add another. Let's just throw another hundred on there. No big deal. Yeah, no big deal, except for me when I have to sit there and transcribe 250 names into an Excel spreadsheet. That takes. Well, a while. they also did it. They also did it specifically to plague you. So you know, you know, Kevin has it out for you. He, yeah, it's because I I disagreed with him about what the best Lemonhead song is, and he took it personally. Yeah, absolutely, friend me of the show. Well, yeah. this week we're not joined by Kevin or Kristen, has-beens. Been there, done that. We are joined by first-time-ever guest here on Red and Glitter, Candace Cordelia. Hi, everyone. Hello, Candace. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. We are getting to Candace before uh, you are completely exhausted having to talk about this topic over and over and over again. So thank you for <laughs> repeating <laughs> All the talking points with us once again and uh, uh, joining us to talk about this list. Um, 250, 250 people to rank this year. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny. I was I was silently cracking up listening to the banter beforehand. But it's it's such a great point that it it's crazy thinking in hindsight. Last year we had 150 and now a year later we have 250. And I remember when we were getting things started with the list last year and I was thinking, you know what? It's not going to be that much longer that we're pretty much going to be up to 250. Or I honestly think at some point we're going to see a woman's 500 and it's just pretty much going to rival or at least be adjacent, I should say, to the PWI 500, because there's just so much talent. And it just honestly gets harder and harder with each year to pick the talent and just have it be that 150 from last year. So 250, I'm just super pleased that we're at this stage and we're it's it's history in the making that we're seeing. And I'm so I'm just so proud of everyone uh, that's really just kicking tail in the ring and, and really making themselves known every each and every week uh, with their respective companies. Yeah, give us the scoop. Who was 251? Who just missed the boat? <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't even know if I I don't even know if I remember that. It's I'm like 251 who was that? There and it's it there's so many people that I mean didn't make the list unfortunately and of course we have our criteria and I know that 
each and every person on the committee has their names that they push forth and people that they're really, you know, they're like, we should take a look and we should consider them for the list. And I know I had certain names that didn't make it, unfortunately, and that's just due to some technicalities that we can definitely get into. But as you both know, there are criteria uh, for getting on the list and 251 would have probably been like a squeeze anyway. I really couldn't even guess who that is if there was someone that was 251 because there's once again there's just so much talent and it's it really is getting harder and harder each year to just kind of sift through all of the names all of the women just all of their accomplishments so thank thank goodness we have a committee because I couldn't imagine if it was just two people kind of sitting together and doing this it'd be absolutely nuts all right. Well, this week on the show, we are going to talk about every single name on the list, starting with number 250. Buckle up. We're going to be here for the next six hours. At number 250, it was... No, I'm kidding. We're not going to do that. <laughs> no, if you want to go name by name to the list, you get yourself a copy of the issue in digital or in print format. Um, we're not going to be sitting here for the next like 17 hours going name by name. <laughs> We could, hey, if you wanted to make this a series, why not? <laughs> you want to make it a week long series? I'm, I'm sorry, listeners. Uh, They're cowards. I don't know what to tell you. It's, I, I mean, I'm game. I mean, okay, look, if that's what we're doing, I'll, you know, let me get out, let me get out of the pot of coffee, let me get out my, my speed supply, and then, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, that that can be for next year. If you if you all want to do a whole week long series or it might take a few weeks and just run through each person or do it in batches. Hey, just just let us know. Just let us know for next year. Next year, Harley marathon fundraiser benefit. Yeah. One, hour. one of those all there night fundraisers where you, you show the money raised on the big board and they update it every two minutes. Yeah. And we'll raise like seventeen dollars. No, I'm the, sure you the Glitterati phone operators are standing by. <laughs> they raise more than that's a great idea, actually, to do like a really cool fundraiser. I like that. Ooh, okay, put it in the pocket for next year. talk about some of the uh, interesting stats that I've uh, drew coming out of the list and some of the big names on the list things like that like obviously we have to start number one ranking Rhea Ripley I don't watch WWE so the way people the way I see people talk on Twitter I honestly thought maybe she wouldn't make it because she didn't wrestle enough matches because I swear, all I see on Twitter is people being like, "Oh, Rhea like hasn't doesn't have a feud. She hasn't wrestled in three weeks. Whenever she has a match, it's just a thirty second squash." And so, when I was trying to think two weeks ago about who's going to be number one, I thought, oh, "I don't know if Rhea's going to rank. I don't know if Soraya's going to rank. I don't think they had enough matches." Well, and you do make good points. I mean, there's a lot to take into consideration, especially when it comes to Rhea Ripley. I mean. There's no doubt about it. Even if you hadn't watched 
a lot of WWE or don't watch it at all. And just going through social media alone, Rhea Ripley has pretty much dominated within the year, especially during the rankings period. And there's been a lot of chatter about the history that she herself made. And that also factors in. So one of the things that we looked at is, of course, just her domination within WWE, all of the athletes that she's gained throughout the year. She defeated Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania for the SmackDown Women's title. She won. And this is another thing that I think some people forgot, that she won the 2023 Women's Royal Rumble match. She was the first entrant. And she lasted for well over an hour. So those alone, those two pretty much put her in top regard. And not only to mention that one of the other things that we saw and a lot of her fans also were reminded of is that and this didn't happen within just the course of the rankings period, but rather the course of her career thus far is that she is the first and only woman to hold the NXT UK women's title the NXT women's title, the WWE women's tag titles, and Mm -hmm. the Raw and SmackDown women's titles. So when we were looking at all of the criteria, as well as just what every woman has been doing within the year and looking into the future, I mean, for us, it pretty much was unanimous across the board that Rhea Ripley should hold the number one spot. Yeah, and we've talked on past years on this show about... The weight that the weight that a WWE championship and a WWE stage holds for criteria mm. making as well, because it's one thing to have an amazing match in Prestige or even GCW. It's but it means more to have an amazing match at WrestleMania. It means more to win the Royal Rumble, the the biggest battle royal in all of professional wrestling. So holding WWE gold is always going to be sort of it's the measuring stick, right? It's it. Mm. We've talked in the past, especially because since 2014, only the past nine years, Suri last year was the only person not from WWE to hold the number one ranking because it's such mm-hmm. a hard it's such a hard bar to overpass. And it's always interesting to watch going into each year. Like, what can could Trinity or Jordan Grace have such an amazing 2024? that it, it bumps them over the WWE. It's mm-hmm. it's a hard battle. It's a hard battle for sure. I'm not taking anything away from Rhea, obviously, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like being the face of the biggest organization around makes you a bigger name than being a, than being a big fish in a small pond. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, it's it, I love the points that you made too because all in hindsight, and this is just a debate that I personally, and I'm sure both of you see on social media alone, is that bar that WWE is setting and seeing how more fans are becoming aware of wrestling in an international space. And we're talking about promotions such as Stardom and other international promotions. I mean, I saw some folks saying, oh, well, this person should have been number one. And, you know, they're looking at things in a different parameter, even if they haven't looked at what the criteria is that we've set at PWI. It's really fascinating to just see the reasons as to why fans think this person should be 
number one versus this person because some people such as yourself Farley they don't they don't watch WWE and that's not a bad thing some people have their preferences some people watch more of stardom some people watch more impact some people might watch more AEW so every time we have these lists come out I personally just like seeing what other people perceive to be their number one picks and why they think that should be the case What's interesting to me is that in the 50, 16 years now, this is the 16th year that we've had a PWI women's list, we've never had a repeat winner. No woman has ever held the number one spot twice. Whereas the men's mm. list, quite different. This year, Seth Rollins made it three at, at the top spot. John Cena's been at the top three times. Bret Hart's been there twice. Stone Cold's been there twice. Cena's been... Yeah, I said Cena. But we've had multiple... A lot of men have held the spot a couple of times. Some people two years in a row, like with uh, Cena and Brett and Austin. Women, not so much. And I wonder if that's a difference in the booking of women. If like mm-hmm. they feel like we need a fresh face in there more often. Mm-hmm. Because you would think by this point, why couldn't why couldn't Bianca Belair, why couldn't Oscar or Charlotte be the top woman two years in a row? But I wonder if it's just... Mm. fears of stagnation or just feeling like we need somebody new the excitement of somebody new in the scene because Rhea Ripley was like 42 mm. last year yes. um, she wasn't She wasn't in the top 10 she wasn't sniffing around the title picture yep. it was the clock turned and they decided this is the year that mm. we're, we're running with her yeah I feel the booking certainly would have something to do with it um, I mean up until this very second there are some promotions that people are, are just they're hoping and wishing upon a star that they would see more women's matches um, and certain women uh, having getting more bookings within the ring. And I think it's not the only factor, but I personally do believe that that is it is a factor, certainly. And it, it's very intriguing that you bring that up, because, I mean, if we're looking back to when the list first started. Um, and this was something that Mickey James uh, stated when I was on uh, her show with SoCal Val, God TV, is that there was a time where they're just, I mean, just to even have 50 women on the list was huge. And I've heard other people saying the same thing because it seemed as though there were such, there was such a small pool of women that, People had to look around and think, who, who could we possibly even get? Who would possibly be even on a, a 50 list, especially for PWI? Who would that be? And now there's such a dearth of talent that it's like you can't deny that there are so many women wrestlers out there. There's a ton all all across the globe. But now we have to think, OK, the talent is there. There's no question about it. But how are they being booked? And of course, the way that they're being booked is going to factor into getting on lists such as, you know, the PWI Women's 250. And it'll be very interesting going forward within the next couple of years to see if we're going to have a repeater at that number one spot. I mean, with the way that things are going now, Rhea could certainly, I think she could appear again. But then, you know, we have other women coming up the ranks really quickly. We're seeing women like Tiffany Stratton. Everyone's talking about Jade Cargill. I mean, I feel as though with the women's 250 list, you just never know who who could be at the top. But I think that makes things quite exciting. So 
who can even tell who's going to be number one <laughs> next year? It's going to be quite, it's going to be really fascinating to even see at this point. And then we're looking at things from an international perspective. I mean, who, who even knows? Who even knows? But I think there's a beauty in that. And I think there's also, it makes things really rich and exciting. Just to clarify, what is the, like, what is the time period for the next list? Sure. So I'm thinking, let me go down here because I want to make sure I get it right for you. So, yes, our evaluation period is from September 16th, and that was for 2022 to September 30th of 2023. Okay, got it. Yeah, I was curious about that. Yeah, it's a valid question. It's a great question because I think also that time period gets lost in translation. And I also, I mean, it's understandable unless you're on the committee or if you're, you know, if you ask one of us at PWI, it, it can be hard to know if you're not catching up with things. So great question. And that makes March the halfway point. So yeah, right around mm-hmm. WrestleMania is the time to like really start making your presence known if you're gunning for that top spot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, it makes things hard, too, because once again, we're talking about booking. It's like, you know, some some women are booked extremely well. You know, they stay in the conversation for that entire year, for that entire time period. And then some women just kind of fall short. And it's not really their fault. It really is on how they're booked. And some women just, you know, they have a great year an injury might happen, you know, or something else might occur where they just fall out of the conversation and they might just fall just very short of making it on the list period. So it it can be hard. It can be quite tricky. And and once again, there's different factors and some of those factors just are not in the control of the wrestlers at all. Yeah. The biggest climbs on this year's list from last year's rankings go to Mina Shirakawa, Jody Threat, Mizuki, EO Sky, and at number one, Chris Statlander. Statlander was 125 mm. last year, like right near the bottom of the list, this year 18. So we see what a difference, A, returning from injury, because she missed a significant amount of time, and then returning yeah. from injury with fire, you know, returning, ending yeah. an undefeated streak, holding the belt, going on a new undefeated streak of her own. And that's always the thing to take into consideration is somebody who's mm-hmm. out injured right now like thunder rosa is out right yeah. now wasn't on the list this year because of that yeah she she could be number one number two next year if depending on what happens when she comes back exactly exactly and that just once again it falls into the booking but i love how you brought up the point where in comparison to the pwi 500 you'll see men on that list who are consistent whether they fall up or down um, you'll see repeaters and you'll see men who kind of hover in that top 10 spot and you kind of have to think okay so how are the women being booked like what's really what's really going on here and and uh this is why i also love social media even though it can be a curse it's also a blessing because this is the time when you see fans really rallying for the wrestlers that they love and the wrestlers that they want to see in the ring and just women's wrestling period. And we're starting to see that once again, now fans are rallying to see certain people back in the ring and they want to see more women's wrestling. So I hope that we get to a point where, you know, we just see more women's matches and we see repeaters, we see repeat names on this list and we can see that in a much consistent way. I think uh, paying attention to the like the 
the falls on the list and, and people who drop off entirely, it's just such a, a key reminder to fans that like the difference between your wrestler being in the top 10 of this list and not being on the list at all can come down to something as basic and as you know career halting as an injury. Mm. And there's really nothing that, they, that can be done about that. If you were injured sometime early in the consideration period, you're simply just not going to have the edge that other people have. You're not going to have that high profile. Exactly. Exactly. And then there's, there's women who have just, they've consistently had such an amazing career and we've seen them in places like for instance, Trinity, we've seen her in WWE and now she's with impact, which is just rebranded back to TNA, which is, I believe super exciting, but that's another conversation. But, you know, I, when the list was formulated and and just everything was solidified, I was thinking, oh, my goodness, I, I know some people are probably going to think, why is Trinity so much further down the list? But once again, there's just some things that happen. There's some things that are out of the wrestler's control. And, you know, when you have a rebranding of this nature and you're going into a new company, things change, things are different you know, you, you might step down a bit in terms of the matches. You're still, you're trying to figure things out and you're dealing with a completely different booker. Things happen within the year. So it's not like we're just sitting around a, a, a round table at PWI and thinking, oh, well, this person's with this company now, so they should be further down the list. It's That's not the case at all. And I have to, I have to make that known because I think there might be some people out there who are thinking, oh my goodness, so you guys chose Rhea Ripley because she's with WWE. That's not what this is about. It's not ranking people based on, oh, they're with this promotion and this promotion is regarded as the top tier and everyone else follows down. Like, that's not the case. And I, I think more people did understand that based on how things were ha- rolling out last year with last year's list. And now we're seeing how things look this year. And once again, the competition is just fierce. So you could have someone in stardom at the top, depending on the criteria and how their career looked during that time period. Or you could have someone who's in WWE at the top or AEW. Like it's, it doesn't matter. We go by the criteria. And that's once again, that's what makes it really exciting because it might not be someone from WWE. It might not be someone from AEW. You know, it's, it, it really depends. Top five highest debuts. On the list this year, first time ranking, like you're saying, all over the place. Flammer at 42, Vert Vixen mm. at 39, you at 35, Kenzie Page at 33, Tiffany Stratton at 25. I want to say all five of those women wrestle different promotions, mm-hmm. three different countries. <laughs> like, that's just that, you know, that's like your rookie class, more or less. But talk to me a bit about Tiffany Stratton. I know she was the NXT Women's Champion, that obviously weighs a lot because uh, we talked recently on the show that the NXT, the the record of women who have held the NXT Women's Championship is a murderer's row. Like, it's mm. just like, it's, it's a, every, almost every name on that list is Hall of Famer. Yeah. So to hold that means a lot. But one title alone isn't going to bump you to like the 25 slot. What, what, what else is the Tiffany Stratton picture? What's her story? Sure. I mean, someone like Tiffany Stratton has just, I think she's really blown people away because I remember when she was coming on the scene at NXT and even myself, I was looking at her and I was thinking, okay, 
there was something there, but I need to believe it at first. I want to, I just was waiting to see what this girl could do. And, you know, there were other people that were just fully fledged, like they were on Tiffany Stratton's team from the get go. And there were other people like myself who were like, don't know who she is. Let's see what she can do. And I really, you know, she's proven so many people wrong. The athleticism, her promos, just going up against the best of the best. I mean, Becky Lynch, like, just seeing what she's done, and if we're just talking about this evaluation period from September last year to September of this year, she is clearly someone that WWE is pushing. They're betting on her, and it's not going to be much longer until I'm certain we're going to see her on main roster. And just the fact of, of what she's been able to do holding the NXT Women's title and having those victories over other women such as Roxanne Perez, Indy Hartwell... And this feud that she has had going prior with Lynch, I mean, it's it's amazing. And I, I think we're everyone's just waiting. She's one of those upstarts from NXT that a lot of people are just they're they're completely sold on her. And there's just no denying that she truly is going to be one of those women from NXT that is just she's she's going to do amazing, just major amazing things on that main roster when the time comes. As we saw with Rhea, with I mean that could be, you know, next month, she could win the yeah, Rumble. Yeah. That wouldn't be that far fetched. She could be a WrestleMania main eventer, maybe not main main eventing this year, but be featured on the card for sure. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that's it's I I agree with you. I don't think that's too far off in the future. You know, we have Survivor Series coming up, and then the holidays, and then Royal Rumble. I I'm Truly, I think that's going to happen sooner than later. We're going to see Tiffany Stratton just rolling onto the main roster and making appearances much sooner than later. And it's a testament to the training that she's getting, but also her will and her ambition and and just seeing the way that she carries herself in her interviews. And and she bet on herself, too. She knew that that this was something that she wanted And she was just going to prove people wrong because she doesn't come from that traditional background. She didn't come through the indies to make her way into WWE. She comes from that untraditional background. So, of course, she's already had the deck stacked against her in that regard. And more people were just waiting to see, okay, well, who are you and what you can do? And, yeah, once again, she's proven so many people wrong. and, And she's just undeniable at this point. I was ready to dismiss her. I really was. I like I I don't watch on a regular basis and I had heard about her introduction and mm-hmm. that they were kind of, you know, giving her a big push right away and just seeing pictures of her, I was like, okay, who is this woman? Like mm-hmm. what is her credibility here? Like is she she's obviously gorgeous, obviously very fit, but like who like who isn't in this like field of, of who is it in this roster? But no, she is undeniable. Like she has it. She does. She has it down. She has a natural, seemingly natural understanding of how to do this career and not just from like the in-ring perspective in which she is like incredibly competent for being in what in her second year of doing this. Mm. So, but down to promos and not everything. Like, I mean, if this is where she starts, this is, this is a really, really promising beginning. Because she's already got the fundamentals understood and fairly down for where she as she is in her career. 
1000%. I mean, it just gives me those those Trish Stratus vibes, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I feel like whenever you have someone that doesn't come from that, that initial wrestling background, you know, she has the bodybuilding background and the gymnastics background. It, already, she's athletic. She's an athletic person. But I feel like for those people that don't have that initial wrestling background and they come into a, they come into WWE, it's already, you know, you already have people thinking, okay, well, I mean, you're not a wrestler yet. So what can you, you know, you just have those fans that are already giving those, those coming into the situation, such a hard time from the get go. And you already are thinking to yourself, it's sink or swim. You have, there's no, you have to prove yourself and she's done it. And I, I agree with you. I, at, when she first came onto the scene, I was one of those people that I wasn't completely sold. I just wasn't, and it had nothing to do with her background for me. It was just like, I, I feel like for me, I, that's just, if you're not, if I, I need to have you prove it to me in that way. Mm-hmm. And especially if I know nothing of you, then, and it's nothing against her. I was just like, I wasn't sold yet. And I like being proven, proven wrong. So when she proved me wrong, I was like, all right, I'm totally a Tiffany Stratton fan. Like, I, <laughs> I'm like 1000% a Tiffany Stratton fan. And I held nothing against her, but I was just like, I need to see what you do. It was different from like a Roxanne Perez because I was already familiar with Roxanne from the Indies. I already knew what she was capable of. So just her getting to the WWE was like the cherry on the top for me. But with Tiff, I was like, all right, girl. And I think also because as wrestling fans, we're so used to disappointment as well. Like we're so used to like seeing people that we initially, we start to love or we love to hate whatever they get on the scene. And then sometimes, unfortunately, they're let go and you're just like, dang, I was just starting to get to like this person and now they're no longer there and you're starting from scratch. It's it's really nice to see that Tiffany Stratton is has improved so much and she's done so much that she's already been able to accomplish in this short span of time that it's nice. It's nice seeing her in this position. And I only wish her the best. I think it's just going to go just go up from here. It's not nothing, nothing else but up from this point forward. Yeah, for sure. Tiffany was the highest debut this year, but we actually had 92 women rank on the PWI list this year for the first time, 92 debuts, which was helped, in fact, by the part that we added 100 new spots on the list. Over the past 16 years, a total of 448 different wrestlers have appeared on the PWI women's list. 448 amazing women and non-binary wrestlers over the past 16 years. That's 28 new women each year, which is still... The idea that right now there are 28 women out there starting their careers or, you know, wrestling a little bit under the radar right now who could potentially be promising names on the list next year. That just as a wrestling fan, that's exciting that you're like, oh, my God, there's 28 people out there that maybe I that are great and maybe I haven't heard of them yet. That's exciting. Very much so. Very much so. And I, I'm just seeing some of the women that have not made the list that I have, you know, some names in my head and seeing what they're doing now. And I'm sure those women are just, they have the fire lit from behind them 
thinking, okay, I didn't make this list this year. I'm going to definitely try my hardest to make it next year. I think we're going to have 28 plus <laughs> new names. If they keep up with what they're doing now, uh, there's no denying it. And I, once again, I really do believe that at some point it's just going to grow and we're going to have like a woman's 300. So the woman's 315, <laughs> like it's just going to keep growing. Sorry, Kevin. He's probably going to be like, oh, not <laughs> like, more work for everyone. But I think it's so it's it's so lovely that we're at this point in time where there's so many women wrestlers. It's just I mean, 10 years ago, who would have really thought that this is where we would be? But we're here now and it just it just keeps growing. It seems like every time I turn around, there's a new woman wrestler that I have not heard of. And I'm just I get online and I'm like, OK, I need to do my research and see who this is, because it's that buzz factor too. the fans get on social media and they're just like pushing all of these women from all corners of the earth and they're saying look at this person look at this person I'm like oh my gosh there's there's so many out there it's so it's the coolest thing it's great in terms of all-time appearances we've had 16 PWI lists now going from the female 50 up to the women's 250 this year the bunny Allie did not make Mm -hmm. it on the list but she still remains in the top five with 12 previous appearances she was tied this year by Trinity. This was Trinity's 12th year on the list, putting her in that that top top grouping. At 12 for the Bunny and Trinity, they're behind only Mercedes Martinez and Nicole Matthews at 14 each, Lufisto at 15, and that's I feel so, I feel so bad for her because the only reason she missed the one year was because the pandemic and there was no wrestling in Canada. Otherwise, she would be tied with fellow Canadian, Natalia. Natalia, the only woman to rank every single year since 2008. Uh, An average ranking, I added them all up, I divide by 16. Average ranking of 29, which is pretty respectable. That's pretty high up there still. Although this year she was 101, which is her lowest ranking ever. But I will say this, even if she slides a couple more notches next year, now that there's 250, she, gets, she still has a way, she can still slide a bit and be on the list. But it's a testament to Natalia that A, she's had a career this long. Hmm. B, 16 years, like we said, some of the, Mercedes Monet wasn't on the list this year because she left WB. She was out of wrestling for a good chunk of time there. She was injured for a period as well. Thunder Rosa injured for a period as well. Natalia never missed a single year in 16 years, has never hmm. been injured for a large portion of time, has never been sitting on the sidelines, even when they gave her, I think the lowest point of her career is probably when they gave her that gimmick where she was farting during promos. Mm. Even then, she ranked on the list. Mm. I mean, Natty, I, I respect Natty so much. When I first started really getting into wrestling and I getting into this business as a backstage interviewer, going to WWE shows, watching the product on television, it, two women immediately stood out to me. And it was, and I've said this in, in other uh, platforms before, but the two were Soraya and, and Natalia. And Natty for me is just like, I respect her so much because she is just willing to, she works hard and she's willing to just do the work and do the job no matter what. Like you mentioned the farting gimmick. And even with that, 
it's like it, it has not put a stain on her career in any way. Like she's she's forever consistent. She's always willing to help people out from what I can see. She's always training someone. She's always in training. She is just such the quintessential worker that is. And, and the fact that she's on this list, like you said, and she's just been on it since it started. Like, I mean, Natalia just she deserves, in my opinion, just her own plaque, her own award, like her own. Because mm-hmm. she and I mean, at this point, obviously, she's she's a future Hall of Famer. I could not imagine a world without Natalia eventually getting into that WWE Hall of Fame. It's just having someone like her be on this list for that such a long period of time since it started and just still having the respect of the entire industry, as far as I know. You know, people still look up to her and still revere her because she's such a hard worker and respectable. It's it's one of the most amazing things that I've been able to witness during my time in this industry. And it, it's just it's wonderful for all the for all the bad things that you hear about in wrestling to know that someone like this exists and, and just seems like such a humble, grounded person, too. Like it's I love it. I love Natalia. I really do. Yeah. We, we, when it feels like we always say this, like, whenever we talk about her, whenever she comes up in conversation, but like, how many women on this list, how many, how many wrestlers on this list are there partially because they worked with Natty at some point mm. during their career and she helped elevate them because she is that type of worker at this point. She is, she is there to, to do the job, to, to have the feuds, to build people up to keep herself relevant while also making other people even more so. And like, that's, that's the type of wrestler she is at this point. She is just, she is your workhorse. She is your mainstay. She is someone who is on this list year after year because of the job that she does for herself, but also for everyone else in the ring with her. It's inspiring. It really is inspiring to put your, your ego aside to elevate others not everyone does that, you know? So the fact that she, and she still does that and still, and she's a Guinness book of, she's a Guinness book record holder. Like we got to put that out there too. Cause that's a huge accomplishment as well. So it's, it's the fact that she's still out here elevating others and, and still highly revered is, it really is inspiring. We talked about how no women have held the number one spot twice. What's interesting is what we're talking about from that, it kind of goes beyond that as well with the shuffling of women at the top spots in the main event scene. Because in 16 years of the PWI list, only two women have ranked in the top 10 more than five times, which I I don't have the stats for the men's in front of me, but I would hesitate to guess John Cena was in the top 10 every single year of his career, pretty much. Only two women have been in the top 10 more than five times. Gail Kim, six times. Mm. Charlotte Flair, eight times. This year, Charlotte was not in the top 10. This year was 21, Charlotte's lowest appearance of her career, which is interesting. I'm not ready to say like she's entering the natty phase of her career, but she's mm-hmm. definitely taking a step back from the main event scene to let some new blood build themselves up so that... When you so that you can then go to Charlotte versus Jade and it feels like a big time showdown. Mm. Yeah, and it's not like a knock on Charlotte's talent 
by any means. I mean, we, we, when we entered the conversation, we talked about just the bookings and, and things such as injuries. And sometimes people just take time off for personal reasons and they have to deal with things, you know, in their personal life. And when it comes to Charlotte, you know, once again, another undeniable talent. I mean, she's another future Hall of Famer at this, at this mainstay. And she had her own thing. She took her breaks and, and came back. And it, it, you can't deny that she's still one of the top talents and one of the top woman talents in wrestling, not just in WWE. And she did tumble down a bit from, I believe she was eight last year. Now she's number 21. But that's not to say that she can, depending on how bookings go and depending on the storylines, gain back up in the top five it really just depends on where things go from here and as you mentioned with Jade Cargill in the mix now we're seeing the potential potentially there could be a feud between her and and Jade and Charlotte or the feud could be between Jade and Becky Lynch I mean that's a whole other conversation as well because the teasing that they're doing with Jade is is really brilliant in my opinion but with Charlotte I mean she's coming back and Charlotte still she doesn't have a lot to prove in a way but at the same time there's all these other women coming up through the ranks uh, especially looking at someone like Tiffany Stratton I mean should she be scared perhaps maybe she should be scared but I don't think this is like the end for Charlotte by any means I think she still is going to be here for quite some time and it's just her tumbling down a bit is also a testament to all of the other talents ahead of her and what they had been doing during her time away and during the hiatus and, and just the accomplishments that they've had as well. And I mean, of course, if you're looking at someone at number one spot, Rhea Ripley, yeah, she did have a much more of a banner year than Charlotte did within the, the judging period. But once again, things could change. You never know. You even said part of the reason one of the, items on Rhea's list which got her the number one spot was beating Charlotte at WrestleMania because that means something. Exactly. Exactly. And and you know, it's <laughs> every there it's split. You have your Charlotte fans and you have your Rhea fans. And of course everyone's gonna be rooting for their favorites. But having someone like Rhea beating Charlotte, it shows a number of things, but one of them certainly is that Yes, eventually uh, torches will be passed on and we're seeing those women, we're seeing the four horse women or at least uh, the three rather coming to NXT and having these matches with with women like Tiffany Stratton and Roxanne Perez, etc. And it, it is bittersweet because you don't you don't want your faves. You don't want the, the woman that you've grown up looking at. It's like you kind of don't want to think that eventually they'll be gone from the ring but yeah we're seeing a slight change of the guard we're seeing we're seeing these women like natty coming through and and showing the other women who are coming through from nxt showing them the ropes showing them how to do things having these matches i mean eventually it's going to happen and and seeing someone like charlotte tumble down a bit i mean it's just it's just going to be par for the course well, my next stat speaks to uh, the status of Charlotte to this point, because I took the rankings of the past five years for the women, averaged them all out to try to say who were the best women of the past five years 
overall. With her absence from this year's list, Mercedes Monet falls off the list. She was in the top five previously. Not anymore. The five best women of the past five years, Asuka with an average ranking of 20, Jordan Grace with 15, Becky Lynch with 14, Bianca Belair with 13, she's new yeah. on the list, yeah. and number one best woman of the past five years, Charlotte Flair. Average ranking of 10 in the past five years. Only woman who can say that. Yeah, and I love that you mentioned this because Okay, so we're looking at this list for this one time period, this one 12 months out of within a year. But I think what ends up happening is that, and not everyone does this, obviously, but just looking at the debates that I see on social media, I think what happens is some people think that this one year is just a testament to a wrestler's entire career. And that is just Mm -hmm. not the case. Right. So some people might just take it kind of personally, I feel, and this is just an observation, but it seems like some people take it personally as though it's an indictment on someone's entire career that they are at number 21, like Charlotte. And, and last year she was at number eight and it's like, no, that's not, it's not an indictment on their entire career. There's no denying what they've accomplished throughout since they've become a professional wrestler, but some people are going to go up and some people are going to go down just depending on what happens in that specific year. I mean, I saw that the major debate it seemed was with Mercedes Monet and I'm thinking, well, Mercedes didn't have as many matches, and yes, she made an amazing debut at Stardom, a fantastic debut, but within the criteria period, there's a reason that, you know, it it wasn't as high as it was in previous years, just based on what her career and what she has done in the ring looked like within September 2022 to September 2023. That's just one year. It's not an indictment on Mercedes Monet the fantastic wrestler that she is today. So I think that's just important to note because it seems as though <laughs> when, when these lists come out, it's like, oh my gosh, this person's at number one, but what did they do? And I just implore, we all implore people to just kind of, okay, look at the criteria. And even if you don't look at the criteria, if you know the time period in which we were ranking, just have a little peek and see what they did within that year. And then your people's memories get jogged because then they're thinking, oh yeah, this person didn't wrestle that much. They only had maybe five matches or three matches. And, you know, two of them were tag team matches and and so forth and so on. So sometimes it just serves to, it just jogs people's memories in terms of like, oh yeah, I forgot. And, And some moments are so big that it seems like the moments just last for the entire year because people talk about certain moments for so long, but Mm -hmm. it just, you know, I think that's another thing too. Our memories just kind of stay on certain things that were just so mind blowing for such a long period where it's like, there's no way you can't have Mercedes at number one because she did this and that. And I'm like, but (laughs) you got to look at Mm -hmm. when these things happened, you know? Speaking of time periods, one of my favorite stats, which I'm always excited to look into and see the results for is the biggest comebacks of the year. The people who ranked this year after a long period of not being on the list, years and years of not ranking, who just like made a turnaround. The top three, fascinating to me. Kat Von Hees, ranked in 2014, gone, 
back in 2023. I'm not familiar with Kat Von Hees at all. Apparently she's Canadian. I've never heard this name before in my life. Alicia Edwards, last ranked in 2012, back on the list this year due to her work and impact. And number one, biggest comeback of the year, Tina San Antonio, ranked in 2011, mm-hmm. gone for 11 years, and back. Back in 2011, she made the list for her work in Women's Superstars Uncensored, and now she's back on the list, presumably, I'm looking at her cage match, for her work in Beyond, because she's been doing a lot of work on Wrestling Open and uh, different things like that. Yeah, and I mean, that's also, once again, the beauty of, of and, and even just beyond booking, like, just the fact that you have some wrestlers who take time off for whichever reasons, once again, right? It could be career, personal life, injury, just needing a break, whatever. And they come back to the scene and they do so much work and so much work that is just, you know, you can't help but but be aware of it. And you can't help but think, okay, this, they're, they're kicking tail. They're consistently working each weekend. They're coming back with a vengeance, especially if they've been gone for so long and they, and whatever ambitions they have for the time period, they have just focused on that. It's just beautiful to see that someone can come back after such a long hiatus and do such significant work that it gets them back on that list. And that once again is it's why also with our committee and with everyone at PWI, we have people from so many different parts of the country in the U S but also in the world. So for someone like myself, for instance, I'm not too aware of all of the women wrestlers in the Canadian scene. And, you know, it's been quite some time since I, I think pre pandemic, maybe a year or so since I was even in Toronto. So I and I've never been to Vancouver and there's just there's a lot happening in the Canadian scene alone that we have people like Pat LaProd who they're just so in the know with what's happening in Canada that he can just come to the committee and say, hey, take a look at these people. This person's come back. This person's not you know, they're not in the scene as much. Take a look at this upstart. And we have others across the country and across the world who can also do the same. That it's just it's wonderful that we can see, okay, Tina San Antonio came back with a vengeance. Alicia Edwards came back with a vengeance. And that can very well happen. That can certainly happen because, yes, we can look at a person's previous uh, career highlights. But within the time period, once again, if someone's come back and they're just doing significant work that we just can't deny, then, yeah, we have to take a look at it. And we have to just see it for what it is. But there's also that magic that we can't, put in a bottle or we can't predict where someone like Tina San Antonio can come back and just really have these banger matches. And it's like, whoa, you've been away for a while and you're, you're coming back and you're letting people know that you're here now. And this is the work that you're doing and it's work that we feel is worthy to be praised. All right. I got two little batches of stats left. I always wonder, okay. Yeah. It's easy for uh, the haters to look at the list and say, like, oh, look at all these WWE people. There's so many WWE people on this list. But it's like, well, WWE has three shows with three distinct rosters. NXT these days, they got Halloween Havoc happening this week, and they've got, like, five out of the seven matches are women's matches. You know, there's a lot yeah. of women there. So, obviously, if you have a lot of women on your roster, you're going to see a lot of women on the list. It's going to happen. Breaking things down, 
obviously in the 12-month period things happen WWE does the draft people move from smackdown to raw people get hired people get fired etc as of right now per wwe's website there are 20 women on the raw roster 13 of those 20 women ranked so 65 percent of the raw roster made it the people who didn't make it are tegan knox zia lee katana chance caden carter nia Jax, sonya deville and valhalla some of those injuries some of those like uh, i know chance and carter got called up from nxt and haven't mm-hmm. really done much on the main roster as we've talked about for the last 45 minutes can easily change in the next 12 months <laughs> yeah certainly and and <laughs> that's just you know it it's i remember during like compiling the list and and everyone giving uh, certain names and seeing duplicates. I mean, I, I was just rattling off different names, especially when it came to WWE that came off the top of my head. And I was just thinking, yeah, that person, that was Sonya Deville, this and that. And then sometimes you just forget that folks have been injured. They've been out for a while. Uh, they might not have had, like you said, some some women just they move up to main roster and then you don't really see them as much. Um, and of course, there's factors in that that on the booking side that we just were not privy to unless we're sitting around those uh, business tables. But um, when it comes specifically to WWE, it's like just the amount of women's talent. It's I don't even want to say there's too much. I, I'm all I'm here for as many as many women as possible. <laughs> all the women, all the talented women, I'm here for it. It's just like, wow, the competition has just gotten exceedingly fierce. And even when you're looking at, and I don't even consider personally NXT developmental at this point. It really is just another brand to me, another WWE brand. Uh, Just seeing how fast people are growing coming out of that system. It's just the comp, like you said, any it could change on a dime from this year to next year and just seeing like like we were already talking about tiffany stratton you have roxanne perez you have you know so many of these women and nxt just really improving at such lightning speed who even knows what that's you know when that draft comes up and and what we're going to see from from now till then it's i once again i'm just thinking i i never this is my third year on the committee or second year rather and i'm just i don't really go into this thinking oh yeah we're going to see this person at number one again i just try to put that thought out of my mind because it's just between the amount of talent the booking and just seeing uh just women really latching on quickly and really just gravitating to this sport as fast as they have I really, at this point next year, it's (laughs) who even knows once again. I don't know. But if Rhea, and it could possibly be Rhea, I mean, seeing the work that she's done for this year, um, if she is number one again next year, once again, she'll, she'll, will have made history again in another way, just on this list as, as being that first to a repeat. So, yeah. 65% of the Raw women's roster made it on the list. That's the highest of the three WWE shows. SmackDown was slightly behind. Eight out of their 13 women made it, or 62%. The only people from SmackDown who didn't make the list were Dakota Kai, Alba Fire, Isla Dawn, Tamina, and B-Fab. 
And over on NXT, because NXT has 26 women on their roster for the WWE website, I swear there's even more than that, probably, who aren't listed on the website. <laughs> only 11 out of 26, only 42% of them ranked. That's okay, it's developmental. I don't think many of us were expecting to see like Danny Palmer or Lola mm-hmm. Vice on the list yet. Give it time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give it time, right? And, and someone like a... Uh, Lola Vice, I mean, who already has such a huge fan base. Um, and we've yet to, I mean, she's, she's just still, we're, we're eking out some really cool things and seeing some cool things from her, but it's, it's the meat. We haven't seen that yet, but it's coming, obviously. Um, yeah, it's, it's within each brand and looking and seeing what's happening with Raw and with SmackDown and NXT as a whole and then individual parts. Um, it's, I think, once again, you talk about the booking. And then I feel as though we're in, we're, we're going into November. The year is almost done. I mean, obviously, we have this deal with Endeavor that WWE, WWE has embarked on. Um, I feel like also with that, we're going to see some changes. And it's, it's, I've been thinking about this ever since, you know, the talks of the deal have have really come to the forefront of media. But I've been thinking about how things could potentially change with that deal as well going into 2024 and how that's going to affect the women's roster. Because we could potentially very well see some more MMA uh, athletes coming into uh, WWE and and spicing things up um i know on the men's side we've already seen some some traction with that in some way but i feel with the woman that would also um lend to some fascinating things and when we're talking about booking um i'm thinking oh well if that were to happen who which woman would they put to have marquee matches uh with certain MMA athletes, um, would they have someone like a Tiffany Stratton uh, come up to the fore with with the feud with an MMA athlete, or would we see a Jade Cargill? And then that also changes things because then the booking is switched around. And we know with WWE, uh, we hear it, you know, through headlines on a weekly basis. A storyline will be percolating and we'll see a feud happening and then things will just switch on a dime based on on whatever, you know, is happening in the back business wise. And I think that that does lend to the changes, the rapid changes that we see and the pushes that certain women get and the pullback that some women have to do, you know, step back a bit uh, to make way for storylines that are just catching fire. So. Um, I, I don't know when it comes to like looking at Raw, looking at SmackDown, looking at NXT, um, those are things with the numbers and with the stats that it just obviously couldn't be helped by the woman. It's just the way that they're booked. But when you look at it that way and you look at the numbers, it's like, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, it's a lot to chew on because you're thinking, okay, is this is how they're being booked and this certain women are, are being booked and you start thinking, hmm. How is this going to change by next year? But I really think that that Endeavor deal is going to um, it's going to to really uh, it's going to I don't want to say upend things, but I think we're going to see some really, really uh, fascinating changes next year in 2024 that it's going to change some things up. How? I have no idea, but I just have a feeling that we're going to see some changes. So, yeah. For the WWE haters, it's easy 
to say like, oh, they've like, you know, PWIs in their pocket. They got a WWE person number one. They got the highest debut. And yet, as I said, Raw roster only 65% represented. SmackDown only 62%. AEW, 74%. 23 out of the 31. That's right. AEW has almost as many women as Raw and SmackDown combined. 74% mm. of the AEW roster ranked surprisingly enough and it's easy to say like well i mean it's easy to see why penelope mm. ford red velvet serena deeb abaddon didn't rank they weren't on at all mm. and mm. it's very easy we do this all the time to complain about how the women don't get enough screen time and don't get enough matches aren't getting five out of eight matches on a big show like in nxt but they are the ones who are being featured are being featured in memorable positions when they're being featured. Would I like to see more Willow Nightingale? More Hikaru Shida? Of course. Mm-hmm. I'm not an idiot. But when they are being featured, they are being featured in such a way that they're all ranking. They're all making it on the list. 23 out of 31 of them made it on the, the, the list this year. Yeah. And that's you you raised some really great points because once again, and just like you stated, it's easy to looking at the booking and every week, week in and week out, fans just racing to social media and asking Tony Khan what what's happening with the booking, what's going on with the women's division, and we want to see more women's matches. I think I believe this past uh collision i didn't watch it but i believe it was on collision i don't think there were any women's matches on collision and Sky people were had up one two minute squash and that was it she had a two minute squash okay maybe it was rampage but either way either way looking at something like that it's it's like okay yes when 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 it's asked of the promotion or the owner to put on more women's matches it turns into a squash match and that indicates or rather when we're looking at the list like the woman's 250 we it's not once again it's not an indictment on the promotion but when you see something like that where it's like okay this woman she did have a match but it was a squash squash match then it's like okay it still counts we still put that obviously as a match that you know we we put into consideration when we're looking at the rankings, but we also have to look at, and you mentioned this as well, Harley, you know, looking at a promotion like WWE and you have those matches where it's like WrestleMania match. Like, of course that's like a pinnacle match and then versus like a squash match, all of these things, like we take, we see it and we have to factor in. And it's just not, it's not something that we can hold against the wrestler, but it's just like, it's frustrating as a fan to, to, you know, you're looking at each promotion and you're seeing that, you know, for, for a promotion that's number two in, in the world at this point, to only have like one woman's match per show. <laughs> and if the match lasts, we're lucky if it lasts like past, you know, a minute or two, it's like, well, you know, what's going on here. But the fact that there are so many women from AEW, if we're talking about AEW ranks on the women's 250, once again, the talent is there. The talent, it's there. We all see it. We just wish that, and this is coming from a fan perspective, wish that, 
they got more screen time, but that's not to deny their talent. And that's, you know, they're on the list. They're getting the work in. They're having great matches. You know, even if there's a squash match once or twice, they're having the matches. The rankings are there. You know, we're filtering all of these things in. But it it is interesting when we're looking at AEW that most of the women's roster is on our list. And yet we're not, you know, we're still hoping that they get more matches. But they're getting the matches in. The ones that are ranked, they're, the matches are there. So, you know, they're fitting the criteria, certainly. Well, the real ones know that the best women's roster west of Japan is TNA. Mm. 13 out of 16 women ranked 81%. 74 for AEW, 65 for Raw, 81% of the Impact roster ranked. And honestly, that number's a little bit low because the three women who didn't rank, one of them is Tasha Steele, who's only been back in Impact for like two weeks. So that maybe shouldn't count against them. The only real full-time Impact wrestlers who didn't make it on the list this year are Rosemary slash Courtney Rush. Courtney Rush. (laughs) She's not an LFI. Courtney Rush and Jessica are the only real, like, full-time TNA knockouts who didn't make Mm -hmm. it on the list this year. But the the Impact roster, we we are beating a dead horse with this one, but top-tier batch of competitors in that division. Yeah. Yeah, it's... At this stage, no one can really sit and say, oh, the women's roster for TNA is is horrible. There, there, You cannot sit and say that. And I, when I first started watching Impact, um, I keep calling it TNA Impact because I'm going back and forth because it's going to take a little bit to get used to it, but to use to the change rather. But when I first started watching, uh, really watching, TNA and this was not that long ago it was around I want to say like 2016 2017 uh you know I remember having to go back and doing research on TNA and the history and the women's division especially jumping on board with PWI and really taking in just the no pun intended, the impact that the promotion has had on the wrestling industry and especially the knockouts division and TNA has always, to me, especially in the past several years, has just been the little engine that could promotion. You know, the, the the history is there. The talent is certainly there. And regardless of the hate, regardless of people vocally and publicly saying, oh, well, I'm not going to watch TNA or Impacts at the time because of X, Y, Z, whatever reasons they have. Still, that division, the Knockouts division, has been putting out amazing work all of the women in that division, just top tier talents, regardless of all the chatter in the background, all the chatter from fans that just didn't understand it at the time. And since then, and we're now fast forward to 2023 going into 2024 very shortly. I mean, we had the knockouts. We had some most of the knockouts division on our cover in the past few months. One of our covers for a reason you know their time is certainly now it's always been their time but now the fact that more people are tuning in more people are starting to realize that the knockouts division you should be tuning in to watch them if anything if you're going to watch impact tune into the knockouts everyone is putting out their best work or some of their best work possible they keep adding amazing talent like trinity and just added sunny kiss rather 
you know, for Bound for Glory, which is such an amazing surprise. I mean, there's no denying that when it comes to impact of TNA, when it comes to the knockouts division, they don't care about the hate. They just keep doing their thing and they keep doing it just winningly, just just outstanding work. And now that they're in this new era, this, this they're going back to their TNA roots. I mean, it's like, what more? We're, I, just the surprises that are in store for us for the next year coming up. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. And I'm sure that we're going to see impact more, more of the TNA knockouts division on the next list. And should the list go up to women's 350 or women's 300, you know, I'm, I have no doubt that we're going to see <laughs> these women on that list. And perhaps, you know, we're the ones that did not make it, um, barring that they come back and get back into the, the fray of things, see them back on the list as well. much for just having me here and yes go on to pwi-online.com to get the digital copies which are out now pre-order for the print copies and uh this is another collector's edition that you're gonna want on your mantle and where can people find and support you online Absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter at Candice Cordelia. You can also find me on Instagram, thatgirlcandice16. I also have a YouTube channel where you can see all of the interviews that I've done and will continue to do. Uh, the Speaking of number one, I have my WrestleMania 39 interview with Rhea Ripley on there, and it's past 40,000 views at this point. So definitely check that out. You can find me at Candice Cordelia on youtube and you can see a lot more in store but thank you all for your support and keep watching and listening and seeing what we'll get into as we head into survivor series season the holidays royal rumble and eventually wrestlemania 40 in philly and em you're still alive i'm still here i was just absorbed in the stats honestly candace <laughs> you are delight i am so i'm so like always really thrilled to hear like the reasoning and just the, the mindset behind these rankings and you uh, express it so eloquently. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much for that. I just, it's always so like wonderful to get like the backstory of like how these lists are made, but also specifically of like, you know, how it is that we end up seeing the names where they are, the rankings where they are, the justifications thereof. Um, just, just brilliant work from you guys over there at PWI as per usual. Oh, thank you talk with you both for the first time and hopefully we can do this again in the future but i love being a part of this podcast and yes everyone support the podcast support them subscribe click like whatever you gotta do but thank you both all right in the meantime next week's a big halloween special so we gotta go decorate i've got a wheel to build because next week on the show we're dusting off the halloween havoc gimmick we're spinning the wheel we're making some deals and we're gonna track down some classic women's gimmick matches to watch in honor of Halloween.